Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, everyone, to Sharp Lessons Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. We've got the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. You can follow all of our picks at Stadium Bets on Twitter. And we appreciate everyone subscribing, leaving comments, leaving ratings. We love to see it. We love to hear the feedback. Nate, it's Picks Friday, our favorite time of the week, and we have a lot of picks to get through. We do. I think a few best bets for both of us, although... We'll talk about a bunch of games, but it seems like it's going to be a light betting week for me. Just, I don't know. Just there's a lot of games that I think are right, the point spread. I don't want to force anything. And also want to note, we are recording this on Thursday evening. So this will be out Friday morning. So there might be some changes in some of the numbers. If there's anything drastic, we'll comment about it on Twitter and let you know what we think about the game at the new price. But as you as you said, Ben, let's get to the picks because it's always fun and want to get people off to a good start as they begin a weekend. Yeah, we're excited. And as you said, we'll give them out on Twitter if uh, any of these lines move. Uh, not expecting them to move too much, but there could be a game here and there that uh, move a little bit with uh, injury news, with the NFL injury news that comes out as well on Friday afternoons. But just follow Stadium Bets at Stadium Bets on Twitter, and you will be updated with everything. Nate, let's do a weather report. Let's look at the weather around the country. And as we head into September, getting into October, November, we're going to see the weather report playing a little bit of a bigger role in some of our picks with the wind picking up, maybe get some snow later on in the season, uh, temperatures dropping. So the weather report actually becoming a little bit of a uh, bigger deal here on the Sharp Lessons Podcast. I'm going to put a little sounder. For the weather report, don't worry. It's going to sound official. But uh, what should people be aware of around the country for the weather? Yeah, you're exactly right, Ben. We're getting closer to that time where it's it's Big Ten weather, especially on some of those earlier games in the day. I think just in general, in college football, a lot of cooler weather around the country. For example, Notre Dame against Wisconsin and Chicago, high 50s, low 60s. It's at 11 a.m. kickoff local time between those two schools, which is one of the bigger games of the day, which we a game we previewed this week. I don't think we're going to have a bet on it, but it's a game we've talked about at length. And then a lot of wind just in the Midwest. I mentioned there's a game in Chicago where it's, you know, double-digit win throughout the game and a lot of games in the Midwest. So if you're betting any Big Ten games in traditional Midwest states, definitely look towards the weather. In the NFL, a few things. So the wind in Cleveland could p- play a factor in this Bears-Browns game. Justin Fields' first start in the NFL. Browns fair by seven. It's a little bit of wind, 15 miles per hour. Obviously, wind is unpredictable. It's a Sunday game. We're talking to you on a Thursday evening, so definitely monitor that. And then the bigger weather issue might be in Buffalo, 
where we've seen a little bit of a drop in the total between the Washington football team and the Bills. There's a chance of rain and heavy winds in Buffalo. So that could be an ugly traditional Western New York game in late September. Sometimes we usually see that weather maybe in November, the winds howling at the uh, at whatever it's called now. It used to be Ralph Wilson Stadium. But now in Buffalo, it looks like we might have some wind. So if you are looking to bet the over in a game like the Washington football team against the Bills, maybe be cautious and wait till as long as possible until we get those weather reports in on Sunday morning. All right, so let's go into our college football picks, Nate. Is that where we want to go next? Head to the uh, world of college football. It's going to be week four in college football for everyone. Um, we could just start giving out picks because, as we said it earlier on in the week, this is not the best of slates. And usually I'll come into the week and we'll do our Monday show and I'll start looking through the lines on Tuesday into Wednesday. And you, you really start to see the board clearly by Wednesday, by Thursday. But, Nate, I'll be honest, I, uh, I'm i a little stuck. I have a couple games that I like, really only two for the best bets section. But this is it's not a ton of marquee games, and I think that's some of the bigger problems. But a lot of these matchups just are just awful, downright bad. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be great every week in college football, but as we enter conference play, I think we're going to have some bigger conference games coming up. I know we were looking ahead in two weeks. I believe it's October 9th on Saturday where there's going to be a loaded slate of games, a lot of ranked-on-ranked matchups. You add in, obviously, week five, the NFL, and then MLB playoffs with four games on Friday in the DS LDS series. So maybe better times ahead. It's still... Plenty of football games. There's a line on every game. Bookmakers have to put a line on everything. Gives us an opportunity to bet. So I'm not going to complain too much. And maybe because there's not marquee games, you can kind of focus on the big games at each time slot, starting with Wisconsin-Notre Dame early on. And then I know we'll talk about in length about the big SEC contest between Texas A&M and Arkansas. So neither you and I have a bet, um, it looks like, as I'm reading our sheet on Wisconsin-Notre Dame. Um and I would probably agree with that. I, I just I can't get a great read on this game. And you, it's such a neutral site game, you can't really factor the crowd in. I think for me, and it seems like for you, it's really just the stay away and, and bet live. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the under at 46.5. I saw earlier today it got down to 45. So I think some of the weather concerns and just the matchups in general that we've kind of saw and kind of talked about earlier this year, there was some action on it. I missed out. And now I'll probably just bet it live because I don't want to be late on a game already with a low total. Just one like mistake, one pick six, one fumble deep in your own territory could really change the complexion of that game if you're going under such a low number. Yeah, seems like the move. So let's just get into the picks here. Um, I'll start. And as you mentioned, some of these interconference games, we got Michigan and Rutgers, a Big Ten matchup at the Big House in Ann Arbor. Nate, I'm going to go for the over. 49 and a half. As of our recording on Thursday evening, the total is at 49 and a half. I like the over, and I wrote about this in the article that's out today at WatchStadium.com um, about one of the plays that I'm making. And Michigan is averaging mid-40s, high-40s a game. I think it's 47 points a game. Rutgers is about 41 points a game. Now, I'm not expecting this to be a huge shootout match where we see 60, 65 points, but I do think both these teams can get the over. Michigan's offense is a run-the-ball-first offense. They love to run the ball, and Rutgers' rush defense is pedestrian. I think it's like 61 in the country in rush defense. So Michigan has a great chance to run the ball, and you factor in 
Rutgers suspending two of their defensive backs, one who's a starter who made a big impact defensively. And I think he scored the defensive touchdown um, in special teams uh, as well. So they're going to be dealing with that defensively and Rutgers can score the ball. They're not, you know, a terrible Rutgers team that we're used to in the past. They are a 20 point underdog, but they'll still be able to get a touchdown or two and then maybe throw a couple field goals in there. So, you know, I see maybe like a 35, 17 type of game. You have the over that's 50, 52 points. So I, I think it's a tad bit low at 49 and a half. So I like the over for this Michigan Rutgers game, Nate. I have nothing to add on this game, but did you see, Ben, how, what they did to get us suspended? Uh, the two defensive backs, including a starter. Yeah, it was a uh, paintball, right? They were shooting paintballs. Yeah. Out of a moving vehicle. They were yeah. driving around campus shooting uh, <laughs> people with paintball guns. So That's college. I, I'm not not really sure what Greg Schiano is doing, but it sounds like he has they disciplined the young men and uh, maybe those guys are a distraction and they'll come together and well we'll see. I, I really don't know about this game uh, in general. I kinda liked Rutgers early in the week and then this issue happened and I don't know, when Michigan kind of can get up and build an advantage, then Jim Harbaugh has the opportunity to run up the score, make it look good. Uh, I know he's been on the hot seat for a little bit, so um, yeah. could see an He's a man who will run up the score. He will absolutely yeah, run up the score. He, he, he definitely will. I, and I'm sure him and Greg Schiano probably don't like each other. Don't know that for a fact, but no. they just seem like two guys who uh, <laughs> would not like each other. Would not like each other. All right, yeah. I'm going to go ahead with my best bet, my one best bet in college football. Texas A&M right now minus four and a half. That's what we'll grade it in for best bet purposes. I just think it's a good buy low, sell high spot. On Texas A&M, a very talented team against an overvalued Arkansas team. This is a very discounted number. The reason why we're getting a discount is because Texas A&M's quarterback situation, Zach Calzada is now the quarterback after Haynes King got injured two weeks ago. I know Calzada is a downgrade. I don't think it's that much of a downgrade. I think this line should be closer to a touchdown or more. If Calzada can limit his mistakes, I think Texas A&M's defense is going to really dominate this game. And so if Calzada can just make sure he doesn't turn the ball over and create short fields for Arkansas, I think A&M's defense is going to make it really difficult for Arkansas in this game. It's a neutral site game, so it's going to be a 50-50 crowd. But this is Arkansas's first trip outside of Fayetteville this season. They have three straight road home wins. I think now on the road, a little bit more difficult. Neutral site, but still away from home. I like A&M here at a discounted price against the Razorbacks. Nate, I think I'm going to tail you. I think we got a bet tail here with Texas A&M. And I got them at minus three and a half, and I was surprised that they got down to minus three and a half on Thursday afternoon. Went right back up to four and a half, but they're playing at Jerry World, and I know it's a it's a neutral site, but you're gonna have a lot of Texas A&M fans there, yeah, in in the Dallas area. So I I do like this number. I think, you know, Calzada came in in the Colorado game um, after Haynes King went down, and he he played all right, didn't play great, and he had another game to come in and really find his bearings and and be able to to figure out this offense and how to run it. And now you have this game against Arkansas where I think he will be a lot more prepared than what we have seen from him. He's going to play a little bit better than what we've seen from him, but it's, it's all in the defense. It's absolutely all in the Texas A&M defense, which has one of the best defensive fronts in the entire country. And Arkansas is a run first team. Their quarterback runs. They like to run the ball. So I just, I don't know how Arkansas is going to handle being forced to probably throw more than run. And 
I like this line. I like it up to probably five and a half, six, honestly. I mean, you get most of those dead numbers at five, five and a half. So if you can get this up to minus six for Texas A&M, I think you have to take it. Yeah, I'd say that six is kind of the key number in college football because of the overtime. If there's a chance where, you know, if you score a touchdown and the other team doesn't, uh, you won't kick the extra point if you had the second possession. But now with the second overtime rule where you have to go for two, um, then it really matters. So I think that getting better than five and a half is crucial. And the way the market is moving, I don't think it's that's going to be the case. I think that it's not going to get that high unless there is an unforeseen injury or COVID issue, which is also always p- possible, especially in a sport like college football where some of the injury reports uh, can be a little bit hidden and there's not a, a requirement like the NFL has. Uh, Yeah, go ahead with your other more picks, Ben, because I just have a few other ones and I can share my thoughts on yours. Sure. I uh, well, I'm going to say hopefully we didn't lose too many UCLA listeners by betting against them with Fresno State. So I want to welcome all of the UCLA Bruins back because I'm going to be backing UCLA minus four and a half against Stanford at Stanford. And a couple of reasons why I really like UCLA and, and I know they played Fresno, lost to Fresno as a tight game. I think Fresno State's a better team than we give them credit for and then what the bookmakers gave them credit for. But Stanford's going to be dealing with some injuries. They have a couple guys who've been held out of practice this week, so that's one of them. And the second one, and I know they beat USC. I know this. And I know a lot of people think, well, maybe Stanford's underrated because of it. Maybe they're actually a pretty decent team. I just, I don't see it. And I know they've, they had a quarterback come in, play well. But I just think this is the game UCLA gets back on track, get back on the Bruins train, Nate. Minus four and a half, I'll take that number, and let's go Bruins. Yeah, I agree with you. Not going to be a best bet, but I'll definitely be on UCLA, getting that discounted price off the loss to Fresno State, where we expected a flat spot. My only worry is that Stanford found a real quarterback in Tanner McKee, took over against Kansas State in week one, looked good, and then led the Cardinal to upset wins over USC. And then they went out to Nashville last week and beat Vanderbilt. I was also kind of crazy that this is their first home game this week. They had a neutral site in week one and then back-to-back road. Not really sure what to make of that. I guess that'd be a little bit of a concern since I am back in UCLA. Maybe it's a a fired-up Stanford crowd that's excited for this new quarterback. (laughs) But I I, I really think... UCLA's running game is going to be too much for Stanford. And you mentioned the injury uh, situation at Stanford is something to worry about. I think we can kind of throw away that bad UCLA performance um, and expect them to bounce back in what's going to be a wide-open Pac-12 South. Yeah, I love it. What are your other ones? You got two other ones? Yeah, so UTSA plus three, talked about on Wednesday's show, hangover game for Memphis who beat Mississippi State. That's a big rivalry in terms of geography. Also, looking back at the box score, Mississippi State had a 26-12 first down edge, and Mississippi State outgained Memphis 468-246. to The reason Memphis won the game as underdogs, short underdogs, was they had a fumble return for a touchdown earlier in the game, and there's a really crazy, strange punt return in the fourth quarter that ended up being a touchdown I'd recommend you checking out the highlight because it was a weird play where Mississippi State thought they downed the ball and a player on Memphis picked it up and the refs let it go. And it seemed like a very sketchy play, but they got the win, even though they were definitely outgained and outstatted in the game. I think because of that, we're getting a bit of a inflated number on Memphis, even though it is only minus three. But UTSA, a respectable program, they beat Illinois three weeks ago. And Illinois was in a similar spot 
uh, as Memphis is this week, where they were coming off a big win against Nebraska and there was a natural letdown. I think that's the same thing for Memphis this week. I like UTSA. Take the plus three, but I believe they'll win this football game. I like it. And you got one more in Nebraska? Yeah, Nebraska. It was a game we talked about the other day, and it wasn't really on my radar, but I kind of like Nebraska the more I think about it. Michigan State, great job so far this season. Through the transfers, they've they've done very well. Mel Tucker, kind of his first full season. Last year was like a true year zero for Tucker as he was hired right before the pandemic and after National Signing Day about, what was it, 18 months ago or a year and a half ago. But now they're a five-point favorite. There's expectations. Nebraska, I think, has a bad reputation right now, and rightfully so. But they really competed last week against Oklahoma. I like Nebraska to keep this game close. I think the talent gap is not that wide between those teams. Even Nebraska might be the more talented team in Michigan State. Just getting a little bit too much credit, and I wouldn't mind selling highest on a team, especially with a conservative, defensive-minded head coach with, as Mel Tucker. Like the idea of him backing him in the underdog role, but when it's a favorite, got to look towards the underdog and, and Scott Frost, who, I mean, his job might be safe because Nebraska knows they probably can't do any better, but he's going to have to start winning games, and this is a big uh, game for them, especially since they're 0-1 in conference. Yeah, it's uh that's that's a bold move putting putting money behind Nebraska. And I don't uh from what I've seen from Scott Frost, I don't know if he uh puts a fire in me to be like I would love to bet Nebraska, but you'll look like the smartest guy in the room, I guess, if it happens. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they won straight up too. If you want to throw yeah. them in in some underdog money line parlays, uh, which could be fun with college football and I might do a few on Saturday. All right, I have a Louisville money line, Nate, and right now I think you can get them at minus 120 is the lowest money line that I saw playing Florida State, um, and that may change by Friday if more people put money on Louisville. But I just, first of all, if I see Florida State playing and the line is this small, I'm going to be betting against Florida State. They haven't won a game this season. They've looked horrendous. Louisville's coming off a win against UCF. Uh, they're coming off a, uh, it was a walk-off pick six something i don't think i have seen in a in a long time so they're coming riding that high i guess you you could technically say it's a letdown spot for them because of that type of thing but it's tough to put them in a letdown spot when they're playing a team like florida state who is again shown to be absolutely horrendous so in three this season um they've only covered the spread once that was against the notre dame opening week when they were plus seven and a half um but they you know they just they haven't shown me anything to say that they're going to win a game so this is simply fading florida state Putting money behind Louisville. And then the second one I want to say is Iowa minus 23 and a half. Um, I love this spot for Iowa. Four touchdowns is very doable, I think, for them. Um, and when you look at the statistics that they have put up in the past couple games, I believe that they put up, uh, I believe they covered 22 in their last uh, game last week. Um, let me find oh, the yeah. numbers here. I remember uh, that. I had a I Kent State plus the points, and Iowa won by 23. Yeah. Even though it was a uh, a game that was actually pretty close, and Toledo or sorry, not Toledo. I'm thinking the wrong MAC team. Kent State fumbled yeah, at the Kent goal State. line that could have cut the lead to two, and then Iowa inevitably scored two touchdowns to push my <laughs> bet and lose for probably any other ones, anyone else who tailed. Yeah, so they beat Kent State by 23, and I know we had Alex last week say Colorado State's going to throw the kitchen sink at their opponent. They did. Colorado State won. So I think this is the week that they're brought back down to earth, Nate. They have to go to Iowa. 
23 and a half. I think that Iowa can beat them by a touch, by three touchdowns and a field goal. Um, I, I don't see Colorado State as being that much better or worse than Kent State. So I just, I think this line makes sense. Give me Iowa at home minus 23 and a half and fading Colorado State off a win. Yeah, Colorado State's not a good football team. Alex did call the uh, outright upset in the article on WatchStadium.com last week, but I was a little bit like, when I was looking at that, I'm like, I, I can't bet that. Colorado State's a complete <laughs> mess. The only thing with Iowa is I could see them maybe calling off the dogs in the second half because they have a Friday night game at Maryland next week. But maybe if Iowa gets out to like a 28 nothing lead, relying on their star running back, Tyler Goodson, it wouldn't be a, a, an easy, it could be an easy win for Iowa where I, I would imagine it's going to be hard for Colorado State to score any points. And when it comes to Louisville, I actually kind of lean Florida State. I just don't think Louisville should be a road favorite against a lot of teams in the ACC. I just don't think they're a very good team personally. And I know Florida State has 0-3, but I mean, at some point, they're going to have to win, right? I mean, Mike Norvell needs to get the program turned around and, and winning games and maybe s- scraping away to a bowl game. I don't know if that's realistic now because they lost to Jacksonville State, which before the year they counted on winning. But if he if he's going to want to get back to recruiting, he's going to need to win games like this. And, and the underdog role, I'm probably not going to bet Florida State, but that's the only way I could look. So a little bit of a disagreement on there with that Louisville pick. Fight. Um, all right. I, I could see that. And this is, again, not my best bet. So I will uh, I will say that it's not something I suggest as my best bet, but certainly something I think I might be leaning towards betting. You want to go to the NFL? Let's do some yeah. NFL picks. Let's Absolutely. let's do some NFL picks. It's a uh, it's a teaser weekend, Nate. I put it in the notes. Oh, teaser yeah. weekend, baby. It's uh, it's exciting because there's not a lot of lines I personally like, so it's going to be a teaser weekend for me. Um, but my one best bet from the NFL is a singular bet, and it's the Patriots minus three right now. Is the Patriots? I would not bet them minus three and a half, but if it stays minus three and maybe even goes down a little bit more to minus two and a half. Um, I got him at minus two and a half. I'll suggest it up to minus three, but I do like the Patriots. I think Mac Jones and company are really starting to find a rhythm. I think Bill Belichick likes the team that he have. We know that New England defense can play really well. Um, and you put all that together, Patriots at home, I'm taking the Patriots. Minus two and a half, minus three. I'm in agreement there. Not going to be a best bet, but I do like the Patriots. Minus two and a half, minus three, as you mentioned, obviously get the best number. It's, for me, it's more of the fate of the Saints. I know they looked really good in week one and looked really bad last week. They only had three yards of play against the Panthers. Winston came back to earth through two interceptions, got hit a lot and pressured a lot. I'm just down on the Saints overall from the preseason stuff and really didn't buy into any of that success that they had in week one. And another factor I have is the Saints haven't been home since Hurricane Ida hit the city of New Orleans. They've been practicing in the Dallas area. They had that game in Jacksonville week one, which was they were the home team, but was a neutral site. Then they had a true road game against the Panthers, and now another true road game. So I think this being away from home and always on the road and kind of far travel from from Dallas where they're practicing, spending their weeks practicing, is kind of taking a toll on the team. Plus, they had COVID issues on the coaching staff, and they were missing many coaches last week. Maybe they get them back this week, but I know that they weren't at practice um, as early as Wednesday. Not sure about today, and they're kind of keeping it a little bit quiet. But I like the Patriots here, who should be 2-0. They should have beat the Dolphins in week one. I think that 
Bill Belichick will make sure the team and defense is focused to to attack an injury-prone Winston. And, you know, Mac Jones has played pretty well this season. This is a tough, tougher matchup than uh, last week against the Jets, certainly. But I still kind of like the, the way that they're able to run the ball and kind of let Mac Jones get some pressure off him so he doesn't have to make a ton of big throws in, in a tough area. So I'm with you. Patriots, definitely going to use them in contest. Uh, we'll probably have a little bit of a bet on them. But just uh, in this NFL board that's so tough, uh, you know, you need to find a certain amount of legs or size for a contest. So the Patriots will be one of them. Probably a small bet, but I, I support that best bet decision, Ben. All right, who's uh, your NFL best bet? Looks like you got one. Yeah, NFL best bet, Dolphins, plus four and a half. I like plus four. Maybe it's three and a half by the time you're listening to it, but we'll grade it as plus four and a half because that's what it is as of Thursday. Want to fade the Raiders off two wins as an underdog. Now they're a favorite. It's asking a lot of them now to win the game by margin, but I know the reason why this line has gone up was because of the injury to Tua Tungavailoa. Jacoby Brissett is in the game now, or in, in the starter for the Dolphins. He didn't look good last week, but he was also thrown into a game where they were already losing, so I gave him a pass for that. It's much different when you have a week to prepare for an opponent. Also, Brissett, I just don't think is a you know a couple-point downgrade from Tua. Tua hasn't really shown much so far in the NFL. Brissett has been there. He's a veteran. He led the Colts to a 5-2 and two record to start the year before he picked up an injury, and that was the year in 2019 when Andrew Luck suddenly retired right before the year. So I think Brissett is fine. An awful humiliating loss, 35 nothing at home to the Bills last week. I imagine Brian Flores will make sure his defense is ready to go. And uh, it was a game that actually they played last year in Week 16, so there's some familiarity there in terms of game planning when the Dolphins beat the Raiders in that miracle game, when Ryan Fitzpatrick came into relief and and uh, saved their playoff chances um, in an empty Allegiant Stadium. Now we have fans at Allegiant Stadium, so it should be a, a good atmosphere for that game, supporting the 2-0 Raiders. But I really like the Dolphins here, catching 4.5. Also make sure to bet some on the money line, plus 175 I saw was out there. I think the Dolphins win this game straight up. But this is one of my favorite NFL bets so far this season. Interesting. I may I'll look into tailing that. I, I won't put that uh, on the podcast that I'll tell. I'll look more into it. But it's interesting. And you got that half a point too. You thought it was at one point it was four, and now you get that four and a half. You get that hook. Yeah, and I would have been fine at three and a half. We were texting, I think, on Tuesday. Like, I think I'm going to get the Dolphins out as a best bet. That's before the two announcement came in. So I waited out for that. It came in. Now Derek Carr, who also was battling a little bit of in injury, is confirmed in. So now that lines up to four and a half. I would probably take it sooner. I don't know if you're listening to this, what the number is now, but anything three and a half or better on the Miami Dolphins, best bet NFL. There you go. I'm going to do a teaser, and this is going to be the first teaser I've done all season long on the Sharp Lessons podcast. So hopefully it goes swimmingly. But I'm going to tease. So right now, if I'm looking at the Chiefs, I saw them at seven and a half, um, or excuse me, six and a half against the Chargers. So I'm going to tease the Chiefs and the Vikings, who are at plus one and a half. So I'll tease the char or the Chiefs down to minus a half, and teasing the Vikings up to plus seven and a half. Um, and I think you can get that at minus one twenty at some sorts books. So I think the Chiefs win the game against the Chargers. 
and I can see the Chargers giving them a run for their money, and we saw the Chiefs' defense uh, keep them out of blowing out some teams. Um, and we know how good the Chargers' offense can be. And the Vikings, Nate, I uh, I am getting back on the Vikings' ship. And I know I don't – I said a couple weeks ago I wasn't going to do it, but I'm going to do it for this teaser. I'm going to do it when they're laying uh, – or when they're getting seven and a half um, with the Chiefs minus a half. So Chiefs basically to win and Vikings plus seven and a half, um, which I, I think this is a good spot for them. I know they had a really tough game against the Cardinals last week, which – you know they could have been the winners in that game, but they're playing the Seahawks. They're playing. They're playing at home. Um, I, I like the Vikings in this spot at plus seven and a half. So the six point teaser with the Chiefs minus a half and the Vikings plus seven and a half. I like the Vikings teaser side, and there's plenty of options this week, as you mentioned, Ben. And and just if you don't know, a two point six point uh, two team six point teaser. Pardon me, is when you tease you move the line in your favor six points and you have to pair it up with two teams usually pays out minus 120 i think some places maybe minus 110 if you're lucky some might be like minus 130 so make sure to look uh, around to see what the best price is for those two team six pointers uh but as you mentioned uh the vikings as one the chiefs as one just the chiefs to win vikings over uh, a touchdown have to make sure they cover that number but other options ravens who are down to like seven and a half now. So they're in the teaser zone. It looks like uh, maybe some eight now. But There's still, some eights you, that I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, you can tease them through seven and three. You can also tease the Cardinals, the Bills, the Browns. And then if you want, kind of like the Vikings teasing a, a short underdog up through two key numbers, the L.A. Rams. So there's a lot of teaser options this week. I like the idea of making like putting the Vikings in all of them and then mm-hmm. just kind of including whoever you want and don't want. Um, so I'll definitely throw in some teasers this week along with having the uh, the bet on the Dolphins. As for me, it's going to be a light NFL week and kind of just maybe bet some stuff live, but just put more most of my money on a few sides at Texas A&M and the Dolphins and just sit back and enjoy the weekend. One more NFL side I want to add. If you can get the Falcons plus three, like that quite a bit. I just don't think the Giants should be three-point favorite against anyone in the NFC other than the Lions. Daniel Jones literally only plays well against the Washington football team. Played well last week, even though they lost. But in his career, he was rookie year, was 2019. He has four wins against the Washington football team and four wins against every other team. I believe against every other team, he is 4-19 and 19 as a starter. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons, who I know got blown out last week and in week one. But the scoreboard looked a little worse than it was against the Buccaneers. They were actually only losing by three points in the second half. And then two pick sixes kind of inflated that score, so it looks bad. I think anything plus three on the Falcons has to be a bet just based on the numbers. Yeah, I think that's probably the smart move. And, Nate, we do have a couple listener bets who tweeted at us, and you can always tweet at Stadium Bets, giving us your bets. We'll, we'll tweet out a, the question, that, uh, usually Thursday mornings, Thursday afternoons. Um, but at Matt Hunley said he's picking Army minus 7.5, and, and Team Total Tony, great Twitter name, is picking Western Kentucky plus 9 against IU. Um, and I know we were talking that, about that Western Kentucky game a little bit against Indiana and how it could be a letdown spot. Um, for Indiana again after losing to Cincinnati. So I, I don't think that Western Kentucky bet is too bad of, of a bet. I have been seeing a good amount of people put some money behind Western Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, I also want to add a listener best bet because I got a text from our friend, my friend Patrick, who's a big EPL fan. 
I asked him his thoughts as there's a a big soccer game, a few big soccer games in the English Premiership this weekend, including Chelsea against Man City, two of the title favorites. But on Sunday is the old the old uh, North London derby between Tottenham and Arsenal, and he thinks it's going to end in a draw, which I am not going to disagree with. I think the under makes a lot of sense in that game as it did in dozen Chelsea and Man City, which I remember when we did the show in the summer, we previewed the Champions League final, and I bet under in that match, which was the Champions League final, under 2.25 or two and a quarter goals in that game, it ended 1-0, so that was a a nice winner. So I think I'm going to go back to the well with the the under in Chelsea-Man City as it's two of the top teams in England who just want to kind of get out of there without making a mistake and and letting the other team win. Losing in this match would be really tough for both team, either team. So I think a draw and the under makes a lot of sense. Let's look at some attractive underdogs. Uh, we've got Texas Tech, Nebraska, Kent State. And you made the good case for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech and Kent State, though, two underdogs that uh, tickle your fancy a little bit, a little attractive. Yeah, so Kent State, for me, they're catching 14 and a half. And as I mentioned, Maryland is the team that Kent State's playing. Maryland is playing, hosting Iowa next Friday. Just a complete look-ahead spot for the Maryland Terps. Kent State, I know they didn't come through for me last week, but I don't think I'm afraid to go back to them again just <laughs> because they were so close to getting making the score 16-14 to 14 against Iowa. And at that point, they certainly would have covered whatever number you got it at. So I think that you could get maybe a little bit of a, a, a line value and situational edge on Kent State. When it comes to Texas Tech, they are playing Texas. They're like 3-1 to one on the money line. They have a you know an exciting quarterback who is an Oregon transfer, NFL prospect. Matt Wells really needs this game. Texas Tech totally blew the game last year. They were up 15 with under three minutes left, and then they lost the game in overtime to Texas. Tyler Show, by the way, is the the quarterback's name. So I think there's a chance that this is like an old-fashioned Big 12 shootout where the team with the last possession wins. At three to one, I just you know root that Texas Tech is the team with the last possession, and at that price, take a shot on Texas Tech. A few other teams that I caught in my eye: Utah State. They're playing Boise State. Boise State off a tough late night Saturday night loss against Oklahoma State. Utah State was very good for you, Ben, early uh, last yeah. week, right? And they then hit also, that money line at like plus, it was like plus 300 yeah. almost. Yeah, and also in week one when they knocked off Washington State in a very late game out at, uh, in Pullman. But yeah. Utah State, uh, it's a 10 a.m. local start. The game is on like main CBS right before the uh, Arkansas A&M game. I guess that might be a way for Mountain West to get exposure, play at 10 a.m. local. <laughs> but Utah State catching nine. I believe that is um, we got in the listener bet Western Kentucky. And I know that's going to be a highlighted game in the uh, college football round table on the stadium uh, website. And then another team who plays Oklahoma state, Kansas state. I know that Ben, you went against them last week. That was one of our only blemishes, but I just think Kansas state in that underdog role, no matter who their quarterback, Chris Kleiman, or yeah, Chris Kleiman, right, is that the head coach? A very good coach, always gets the most, even if he lacks the talent from his roster. And Oklahoma State just really, you know, they beat Boise State last week, but they barely 
beat Tulsa and Missouri State in the first two weeks. I don't think Oklahoma State should be laying uh, that many points against a well-coached team like Kansas State. So Kansas State kind of is interesting, where I might maybe do like a uh, – there's definitely going to be a like a college underdog round robin where I take like six of those teams and maybe take like four of them and just try to hit big on a big college uh Get some parlay. of those, yeah. Heavy underdog not, money line. Do a little parlay sure. with them. Bowl. Yeah, well, a round robin where, like, if four of the six hit, you at least get something. So not sure exactly what I'm going to do, but Texas Tech, Nebraska, Kent State, Utah State, Western Kentucky, Kansas State. I guess you could throw in UTSA because they're still, like, plus 140 on the money line. But um, in, a, in a week like this where I won't have many bets, going to just throw a few, some lotto tickets on some big college underdogs. I like it. And to finish out the show, as we did last week, brunch time winner. What first quarter <laughs> under is going to hit this weekend, Nate? Well, first I want to start off by saying last week it was two and two. But if Not I just bad. went, I, yeah, the problem is the losers, the the points that go over the total were in the last like seconds or in the final minute of the first quarter. So that that sucked, just especially since one of them was the Jaguars Broncos and the Jaguars scored on their first drive and then did nothing. So the ideas are right about betting unders in these games because the first half unders are hitting and the first the full game unders are hitting, but not the first quarter. So it makes me want to maybe change my approach and bet these first half unders in the early game. One that caught my eye and, and that's something I'll tweet out again Sunday morning, as I did last week. But we'll have to see what happens with this Bengals-Steelers line and some of the injury stuff. But we did first quarter under with the Steelers last week, and that one. Maybe first half under, like 21-and-a-half Bengals-Steelers, thinking that the Steelers' offensive injuries, Big Ben isn't playing well, could hurt them. And just Cincinnati, another team that last week started off very slow, only scoring three points um, pretty much throughout the game against the Chicago Bears and a division game, we mentioned there's a chance of bad weather in the Midwest. So that one kind of caught my eye, but I'll confirm something on Twitter Sunday morning. Yeah, I like it. I think it's important to uh, get those winners in early. And I don't know if you saw a video of a guy in Vegas who did the Bills first half that won, and then he bought used that money to buy bottle service where they <laughs> ran in with like cards that said Bills first half on it. So if, if you win these, you have to spend the money wisely, and that is absolutely spending the money wisely, <laughs> getting bottle service with the cards on it. Um, but I think that's it. You have any? I don't think we have any more bets. Um, we'll put our best bets video on Twitter at Stadium Bets uh, if you're interested in seeing all of them. It's it's a bit of a light slate for us this week, but I think we're preparing for next weekend and then for sure in two weeks where it's going to be a gauntlet, but a fun gauntlet with all of the uh, top 25 college football games going on. But for now, we'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend. Good luck to everybody, and good luck with your bets.